Welcome to a Life of Freedom podcast, your source of inspiration and information on how and why you should choose to pursue your own happiness, pursue your passion, and design a life that fulfills you and makes it your own. And now here's your host, Ayesh LKZ. Welcome to episode 8 of season 2. Today we are talking with Kelly Minking, a lawyer and a professional poker player. Let's get to the show. Before we start, I would like to talk about WISE, formerly known as TransferWISE. Receive money directly to your account with zero fees, wherever you are in the world. Hold and convert money to over 40 currencies instantly in your account. And get a debit card to spend in any currency, all with WISE's low and transparent fees. Try it out from my affiliate link below, with no additional cost to you. And now, back to the podcast. Okay, so my name is Kelly Minkin. I am a professional poker player and lawyer. And, um, you know, my profession makes it easy for me to have the freedom to travel, um, given that I can play poker pretty much anywhere in the world. And the um, law firm that I work with is virtual. So that's nice, even though we're, we're based in Las Vegas. What kind of uh, cases do you work on mostly? So we mostly have a focus um, primarily on gaming law, gaming litigation. We do some contract work and some business litigation as well. And then dabble kind of on the outskirts of like, you know, some small criminal stuff, uh, some personal injury. So we're general practice, but our primary focus is um, the gaming industry. Um, like uh, how do you like operate your like as uh, in virtually so like you do you like go to like go to courts and to like present uh, stuff with clients or you just do other work yeah so my partner mac for standing he does most of the court appearances even though we are a virtual case a virtual law firm he is based primarily in vegas he lives there so for most of the court appearances, he does that side of it. And, um, you know, for the most part, we don't spend a ton of time in court. So a lot of the documentation, paperwork, motions can be done really from as long as you have a computer from anywhere. So like uh, looking back, uh, when you were younger, like how was your life like? So who you wanted to be? Well, when I was younger, I actually, you know, saw myself... <laughs> being a doctor. So it was a lot different than where I'm at now. Um, I've always had a passion for medicine and helping other people. And I felt like that was really my career choice that I wanted to pursue. So from the time that I was young all the way through um, undergrad, I always was under the impression that I was going to go to medical school. Well, the last years of my undergraduate degree, at the University of Arizona, I realized that, you know, there were some other options I maybe wanted to pursue. So I had taken a practice LSAT, which is the entry entrance exam for law school, and realized that I could 
go to law school without much like study or, or um, you know, prep work like the MCAT, which is the entrance exam for medical school. So my plan was to go to law school, try it out, see if I liked it and enjoyed it, and then kind of reevaluate what I wanted to do with my career path. And once I went to law school, I realized that it was not only a shorter period of time in school, but it was also a little bit less challenging for me personally. I think I was more naturally inclined at, you know, the argumentative logic and reasoning aspect of what makes a good lawyer. And so simultaneously, when I realized this, I was also going to the casino kind of for fun and realized that I had also a natural ability at poker. So those kind of together combine this storm that has created what I do today. Okay. Tell me about the time that you realized that actually that uh, uh, like being a lawyer and like being a poker player uh, like, uh, is your career. <laughs> That's difficult to say because, you know, when I was in law school, once I realized that I was going to pursue law full time and not, you know, revert back to medical school, my pursuits there, I, I still wanted to have a focus in the like medical health field. So I clerked for a um, medical malpractice law firm after my first year of law school. And once I got that experience, I really saw myself creating a career out of law and still keeping my passion for medicine, you know, in the mix. Um, and at that same time, I was having some success in poker and realized that, you know, this is something I could also pursue, but I never really saw poker as something I could do professionally until like the last few years. You know, I was really hesitant to get into the you know, professional poker aspect of things, because I think there's a lot of negative aspects of it. And I also think that it's easy to get blinded by like short term success in that career path. And a lot of people make the mistake of like winning a bunch of money in a short period of time, or like having a couple, you know, deep runs in a tournament, and then deciding that they're going to play professionally. And then you know, they end up going broke or they end up in situations that they didn't really foresee. So I really wanted to be careful and not make those same mistakes that I saw a lot of other people making in the industry. And so I never, you know, fully transitioned from being or working as an attorney to a full-time poker player. I just kind of kept those two simultaneously. And that's kind of the reason why I transitioned from working in the medical malpractice field to the gaming industry so that I was able to keep both of those careers. Okay. What is like the worst advice that you hear in like the poker world that have been like given out? Well, there's a lot. I guess that's a good question, but I think there's a lot of people who feel like poker is a good avenue to pursue as a career if you're looking for freedom. And to a certain extent, that's true. But to a certain extent, that's also misleading because, yes, you have the freedom to work whenever you want and work wherever you want for the most part. But you're also kind of a slave, so to speak, for lack of a better term, to the actual game. So in order to be a good 
poker player on the level of where you're supporting yourself completely financially, you have to constantly keep up with the game, meaning you have to study, you have to like follow the trends, you have to know what people are doing, you know, population statistics and what the trends are with respect to that. Um, it's kind of like being a day trader or trading, you know, on the exchange, the stock exchange, because, you know, it's not just about what one person's doing or what you're doing. It's about what everyone else is doing. So to really be successful, it's not as much freedom as you would think, you know, and I, I know a lot of people who get in the trap of, you know, like there's a good game. So like, it doesn't matter if it's 3am, you have to like, allow yourself to be available to play whenever there's a good game. You know, I have a ton of people I I know that do that. And for me, that's just not a healthy lifestyle that I think I would want to live. I think some people it's fine. But for me personally, I wouldn't recommend that for anyone. Okay. So uh, going back to uh, like your childhood, so who is who was your like kind of inspiration growing up? That's a good question. I actually, you know, my aunt was a big role model for me. She was a very integral integral part of raising me, and there were a lot of characteristics about her that I really admired. And one of them being that she was always willing to help other people. And so that was something that I always wanted to continue to have as part of my career. I think it's easy for a lot of people to say, oh, well, this is, you know, my, 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 you know, goal in my career is to make as much money as I want or to be as successful as I can be. But for me, I think there's some intrinsic value in being able to have an aspect of service in your career. And that's one thing that poker I think lacks is that it's very self-serving and it's not rewarding in the sense of like a doctor or a lawyer or, um, you know, someone who's giving back or helping other people who can't help themselves. And that is something I wasn't like willing to give up that I think fulfills me in a way that my legal career does. Okay. So how would you define success? I think success is a combination of freedom, happiness, and fulfillment in that, you know, you have the freedom to do what you want. And whatever that entails also includes, you know, um, some intrinsic value that makes you feel fulfilled. Um, and, and I think that's kind of a hard thing for most people to find, something that fulfills them, but also, you know, makes enough money to pay the bills. And so I'm kind of fortunate that I was able to to find, like, my, my niche, so to speak. Okay. Is there, like, any quote that you live by? And uh, uh, do you have, like, a favorite quote? Um, there's a couple. I think... Um, comparison is the thief of joy is a good one. Wealth is of the heart and mind, not the pocket. And wisest is she who knows she does not know. Okay. How would you say that those quotes have inspired you? So I'll start with the Socrates one, which is wise. I, it's not, you know, word for word, but 
you know, why is this this she who knows she does not know is essentially saying like, don't be a know-it-all. There's so much that, you know, people think that they know. And it's when it really comes down to it, we know nothing or we know very, very little on the grand scale of things. So, you know, always stay humble and always be willing to listen to others and learn and hear a different perspective. And I think that viewing life that way really helps you not only be successful, but think outside of the box and not be pigeonholed into like, you know, well, this is how I'm supposed to do it. So this is how I'm going to do it. And I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in a rut in that regard. Um, Also, comparison is the thief of joy. I think so many people, you know, it's easy with social media and, you know, seeing people with a lot of money or seeing people with a lot of beauty to compare yourself to others. And, you know, it's just a losing battle. No matter who you are, there's always going to be someone that's, you know, wealthier than you or, or doing better at their job or, you know, better looking than you or whatever, however you're gauging the, you know, bar of success, which I think is just really unhealthy and just leads to a lot of unhappiness for a lot of people. So I think if you try to avoid doing that, you're definitely better off. Um, The last one is wealth is of the heart and mind, not the pocket. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about, you know, just wanting to be fulfilled with not only like giving back and something that's rewarding to your heart, but also like knowledge. You know, I've always been someone who wants to learn and wants to you know, empower myself through education, whether that's, you know, institutionalized or not. You know, I love reading. I like learning on the internet. I like going to school. I loved school. So I think all of those things combined really creates like a richness in your life that doesn't compare to like money per se. Okay. What would be your advice to your like uh, five-year-old or 10-year-old self? Well, I would say one, like focus on, you know, stay true to yourself and follow what makes you happy, which I feel like I, I've done. You know, I've been fortunate enough to not really ever second guess myself and be able to pursue what makes me happy in a way that, you know, like my parents and my close circle support has has always supported me so i've been lucky in that regard so so if you have had a chance to like put uh, put out a message to the world like if you have a giant billboard on like on new york city what would you put on it just stay grounded but still be passionate i think you know life is all about balance and you want to not have your head in the clouds, but you also don't want your head to be in the sand. You know, you have to have a happy medium of pursuing your dreams, but keeping them realistic and setting, you know, goals for yourself so that it's reasonable. And I feel like people kind of are so stuck on seeing things black and white, like it's either all or nothing when the key to success or like happiness or whatever that is you're looking for is kind of like somewhere in the middle. You know, if you see life on a gradient scale, it's like you got to figure out what area of gray is, you know, your path. What habits that you have that you feel that helped you greatly? Well, I think that one of the best habits, I don't know if it would be a habit, but I think that 
it's really important to be self-aware. And I think that's easier for some people than it is for others. But I think having self-awareness is like the key ingredient to so many aspects of life, whether it be like personal relationships or professional relationships or professional success. I think if you have a good understanding of not only who you are, but who you project yourself to be to other people, that you have a huge advantage in comparison with, you know, the general population, because most people aren't aware of, you know, how they're perceived or, or, or how they're viewed. Is there like any, uh, any like failure that you had that, uh, that have helped you learn and to become uh, successful today? Um, yeah, I've actually, you know, I think everyone's had, a, you know, significant failures in their life relative to their successes. You know, the one off the top of my head that I can think of are, you know, the mistakes I've made, you know, deep in poker tournaments where, you know, that equity that's at stake is so high that it really puts a lot of pressure on your decision making and kind of skews your natural ability to like rationalize the thought process and decision-making process. And, um, you know, during the 2015 main event, I finished 29th out of like 6,400 people, which is great. But, you know, the reason I finished 29th was because I made a huge mistake of not thinking completely through, you know, the hand I was playing in. And that was like the most difficult beat I ever took in my poker career. And it really, really affected me. You know, like I thought about that for years afterwards. And what I learned was that, you know, people make mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and you put yourself in a better position when you're faced with that same, you know, problem, that that's all you can do is just try to be better the next time. So if that scenario would have repeated itself, like in today, uh, like if you went into another main event that you have like a similar kind of situation, how would you react now? I, I would have thought through it a lot. My thought process would have been different. I would have tackled the hand differently. I'd have considered more factors. I mean, a lot of things that I didn't think of at the time that now looking back in hindsight, I can realize like the mistakes that I made and, and change change my decision-making for the better. Midroll ad. I would like to talk about WISE, formerly known as TransferWISE. Receive money directly to your account with zero fees, wherever you are in the world. Hold and convert money to over 40 currencies instantly in your account. And get a debit card to spend in any currency, all with WISE's low and transparent fees. Try it out from my affiliate link below with no additional cost to you. And now back to the podcast. Okay, so now we'll respond to like different set of questions. So like uh, you talked about like traveling and also, so like where have you been to like kind of give us a summary? So I've traveled, you know, in the last five or six years, I've traveled for vacation as well as for poker all over the world. I currently live in Cyprus. Um, which is pretty cool. And I've been to, you know, Europe, I've been to the Caribbean, I've been to Mexico, I've been to South America, I've been to Canada. I'm originally from the United States. So 
you know, I've traveled all over. I've been to Asia, Australia, um, and I've seen all different parts of the world. And it really gives you a, a different perspective on life when you have that that experience with other cultures and other people in other areas of the world. How does traveling make you feel? Um, it's exciting. I love to travel. I love to experience, you know, different cultures, different food, just different areas and 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 weather, everything. Um, you know, it gives you it gives you a sense of gratitude for what you have, for sure. You know, I you you can go to a different country where people are living in in poverty and see how happy they are with very little and you know it gives you a sense of like perspective it gives you a perspective on you know how you can look at things when you get home and appreciate the things that you have okay. so like do you have citizenship in cyprus or that's where like i don't have citizenship in cyprus um my boyfriend is playing basketball here so He's here on a work visa, um, but we've been here for about four months, and it's been really nice just living here and getting to know the people and the culture and, you know, seeing the different way people live and just, you know, living like a local in a different country is really, it's an experience I think everyone should go through at some point in their lives. Okay, so like, uh, tell me the story of like, how do you do met and how did you, like, uh, how, how was your so Landon and I actually met through poker. He was he was playing basketball in Vegas, and then he came to watch me play the World Series main event last, so in the summer of 2019. And we really just instantly connected on our passion for poker, our passion for helping others, our passion for travel, and we really just clicked right away. And you know he he. He came on a lot of trips with me to play poker and, you know, it just was, we hit it off and we got along so well and really didn't fight very often. Our personalities meshed really well. So that's kind of the story of how we met and, and became a couple. What are like the most memorable stories from your travels? There's so many that I, you know, I can't say just one but you know off the top of my head we went to Australia for a poker series in January of this year and it was Landon and I and then my best friend and her fiance and we got an apartment together and it was just so much fun living at like a local and we were there for three weeks and you know it was during the wildfires so unfortunately we couldn't do a lot of activities but it was just fun being there and eating like local, going to the grocery store, you know, um, going to the casino and, and just hanging out as like a family, so to speak, and like cooking dinner for each other. And it's just nice to, you know, the Australian people were so nice and welcoming. And it's really a great feeling to come to a country and be welcomed like that. So you can share another story. Yeah, so I think. Well, I had gone to, this was in, I think, 2017. A group of friends and I went to um, Cartagena, Colombia. And that's probably one of my favorite places I've traveled to just because it's so low key. 
Um, the people, you know, don't really bug you too much. They just kind of hang out. The food is amazing. And we had all rented a boat with a captain and we went to one of the islands, peninsulas, and we docked the boat and it was like this sandbar. And they had the locals there that were like cooking lobster and they had like fresh clams and like a kayak they were going around. And they had music playing and it was just so much fun. It was fun to experience something like that in another country where you're with your friends and, you know, you're having some drinks and, you know, it's just, it's experiences like that where you can travel all over the world and then you have memories, you know, to last a lifetime that I feel you can't really get, be fulfilled in that way in any other, you know, there's no, there's no substitute for that. Okay. So out of the places you traveled, what, what is kind of a place that uh, that you would say is underrated that people don't visit that or talk about it? Underrated? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever been somewhere I felt like it was underrated, but Colombia was amazing. That's, like I said, one of my favorite places. We went to New Zealand before we went to Australia and spent last New Year's there, and it was amazing. The people there are so sweet, and I would definitely go back to New Zealand. I think that was just... I really, we weren't there for that long, but it was a great experience. The food was good. The people were nice. But yeah, I really don't have any like negative experiences from traveling. You know, I've been to Thailand. The people there were so nice. So I haven't, like, I really, I don't know what underrated places I've been to, but there's a lot of places I've been to that I, you know, the expectation was kind of unknown going into it. And I left with like a good, positive experience so like are there any places that are like overrated you know like you have high expectations expectations when going into and people would say a lot of nice things about it but uh, you went there it's not up to the park honestly i would probably say paris was like what i had the highest expectation and then i when i went there i wasn't as like excited about it because it was just extremely crowded you know like i i think that now looking back that i've had some experience traveling i'm not really into the like super touristy areas so paris isn't like the greatest place to be at if you don't want like a bunch of lines and a bunch of crowds and you know, it doesn't, doesn't smell great. There's like a bunch of trash all over the street. So the people were kind of rude. Um, this was a while ago, but my experience in Paris <laughs> wasn't great. Um, I went to other areas of France that I had better experiences that were a little more like off the beaten path. We were in Chamonix, Bordeaux, um, Cannes, Nice, and those places I enjoyed a lot better than than Paris, which was just like hustle and bustle, a ton of, ton of tourists. It just wasn't really my thing. Okay, so let's go to like specific book questions. Now we have uh, like heard the stories, like how do you start it? Can you like elaborate on that? And you know, how, how do you like, how do you decide to like play professionally? And yeah, so I actually started playing poker while I was in law school. And the reason why I continued to pursue it was because it was fun to be in an air, like an um, atmosphere where you could compete as an adult that wasn't, you know, sports. I played sports as a kid. And as you get older, you kind of grow out of having that opportunity. So being able to compete with peer, my peers 
was really fun and exciting for me because I'm extremely competitive. And I found that I was just naturally good at playing poker. So I wanted, you know, to learn more about it, become better. And so I did that kind of simultaneously while I was in law school. And then, you know, through that experience, I was getting more and more success. I was going deep in tournaments. And so I just continued doing that. And like I said, I never really completely started playing poker full time. I always was doing other stuff, but I do consider it a profession of mine, just not my only profession. So how do you say like uh, how much work that someone needs to put like playing poker, like how many hands they should play or how many like uh, times, maybe month or year to play that that they should that they should be considered as a professional though they could make this as a career? Um, I don't think there's like a clear cut answer to that. I think it all depends on the person. I think there's some people that are just simply not cut out to be play poker professionally. And there's very few people that can be successful and happy doing it. So, um, you know, I don't think there's like, you know, spend 10 hours a week and you'll be a professional poker player. I think it's completely dependent on your personality, your strengths and weaknesses. Like, you, you know, are you able to adapt to your surroundings? Are you able to have self-awareness? You know, there's a lot of characteristics that make a great poker player that are way more valuable than like how much time spent on studying. You know, if you have those characteristics and then you put in the time to study, then I think you can pursue it, but it's like a case by case situation. Okay. So what advice would you give like uh, as a poker player, like who, who wants to start playing poker? Um, I think the, the best advice I would give is, to sign up for a training site like runitonce.com or raiseyouredge.com. Those have tutorial videos that kind of help you along the way. And I would also recommend reading some books that can help kind of hone your poker skills. Like the one I like to recommend to beginners is Poker Math That Matters by Owen Gaines. And um, I found that really helpful when I first started playing poker because It's an easy to read book that has like um, quizzes at the end of each chapter. So it kind of helps you stay in tune with how well you're retaining the information. And then on top of that, just get some experience, you know, start playing small, see how you feel with, you know, how comfortable you are, how confident you are. And then as you find success, then you can slowly build up, you know, once you have a bankroll and everything like that. But there's so many aspects to it that, you know, we really don't have time to discuss all of it. But my main, you know, advice would be to get on those sites, watch the videos, read some books and, you know, kind of see where you naturally progress from there. Okay. So uh, what advice would you give? Like when you play poker, then you lose some, lose some money and stuff. So so if you're like tilted and if you can't play properly, so what kind of advice do you give someone? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And I feel like a ton of people struggle with that. And it's really a matter of just keeping a rational level head. And if you're not capable of doing that, to just walk away. You should never continue playing if you feel like, you know, you're tilted or you feel like anxiety or like your emotions are running high. If you can't like keep your emotions out of playing poker, then you should not be playing. 
And if it's just like a temporary thing, then you should just stop at that moment and then come back when you're, when you have a level head. Okay. How would the typical day looks like for you? Yeah. So currently I'm actually taking a break from poker. I, you know, did play a little bit online, but online poker is, is not legal in Cyprus. So I'm not playing online here and all the casinos are closed because of COVID. So COVID's made things a little bit difficult in that regard, but I do work still at the law firm full time. So I take client calls kind of like in the middle of the night because of the time difference. But, you know, just spend a lot of time hanging out, reading, you know, working, cooking, just kind of, it's, it's, it's a lot like of a more downtime now, given that with COVID, everything's closed and I can't play poker. So things are definitely on a lull right now. But normally, you know, when poker is going on and I'm, and I'm practicing law at home, it's a lot of travel. It's playing poker all day. It's, you know, eating on the road, staying in hotels. So, you know, because of the pandemic, that really hasn't been going on. Okay. What is your money there? So it means that, uh, like, the thing that you spend most money except uh, rent or bills, so, like, some kind of uh, necessities. I mean, my, I, I spend a lot of money on food, honestly. <laughs> I think a lot of poker players kind of have that problem that, you know, I like to eat out and I like to go to the grocery store and get food that I'm going to cook. And so a lot of my money goes to that, unfortunately, but fortunately, because I do enjoy eating a lot. Okay. How does uh, COVID has affected your lifestyle? Uh, just like how I said, I mean, we can't really, you know, in Cyprus, everything shut down. Like you can't go to a restaurant. You can't gathering groups. Um, there's a curfew at night, so you really can't do much. And, you know, to protect yourself, it's better you just stay at home. So we really don't do much except hang out at the house, occasionally go to the grocery store, and that's really it. Okay. What is rich life means to you? Um, how would you find a rich life? One where you have freedom, where you're happy, where you are fulfilled where you're surrounded by people who support you and genuinely care about you. And I think that kind of varies from person to person, like what that looks like. You know, for me, it's important to have my family and my friends and the freedom to not have to go to work at 8 a.m. every morning is like really important to me and not have someone that kind of dictates my schedule or what I do every day. So uh, you talk about like having friends and family who support. What do you value most in like friendships and relationships? The thing I value most in friendships and relationships is just like common ground and understanding and easygoingness, you know, someone who's easygoing and there isn't like underlying things that can't be discussed. Communication is a big thing. So all of those things I think are important. And just like genuine connection. Like aside from poker and being a lawyer, are there like any other things that like are the like topics to explore and like you kind of learn or like be interested about? I, you know, I kind of dabble in everything. Like I said, I like to learn. I like to read about philosophy. I like to read about quantum physics and space time. I like to be creative when I can. And, um, you know, just spend quality time with the people I care about. I like to cook as well. So learning about food and 
different recipes and stuff I enjoy. Okay. So, like, what are the books do you read that you feel like you learned the most from? Oh, the one I would recommend is, that was actually extremely difficult to read, but I found incredibly fascinating was The Elegant Universe by Brian Greene. It's about string theory and like how the universe is formed and how it's connected and how physics and quantum mechanics are kind of correlated to that. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see things on that level. And it really puts into perspective the things that we think matter that on a grand scale are really minuscule. And, um, you know, I think that kind of contributes to just staying humble and realizing that, you know, the universe does not revolve around you. And you're very, you know, small on, on the scale of things that matter. So, you know, it keeps, keeps you humble and it keeps things in perspective. So where can people find you? Like who, who wants to follow you and learn more about you? Yeah, so my... Um, Social media is the illest for Instagram. It's the underscore L L L E S T. And for Twitter, it's the underscore illest. Um, that's kind of like my poker monger, whatever you would like to call it moniker. And I'm pretty interactive with people there. If you message me, I try to get back to you as soon as possible. I do have Facebook, but I'm not really active on there. So um, if anyone's interested in asking anything about the podcast, feel free to reach out to me. Okay. So, uh, like, uh, what, like, how how did you come up with the name? And like, uh, when you, how did you come up with the name that you have? And like, what? what I, I can't tell you like an exact story on how the name came up. I just know like early playing poker, it kind of stuck. It kind of correlates to like my style of play, and that I'm like really aggressive and put people in tough spots and so kind of stuck the name kind of stuck but um yeah it just it's kind of funny that um my persona in poker is a lot aggressive more aggressive than in my my natural personality you know I have an aggressive side of me but it's not the first thing that comes off so like so is the meaning is aggressive is the meaning aggressive I think it's part of it yeah that I'm aggressive and that confident, I guess. Okay, so the last two questions. So how would you uh, like to be remembered 50 years from now? Um, I would like to be remembered as someone who was genuine and who helped create a path for women to, you know, find success in male-dominated fields um, and someone who was a good friend and a good partner and a good, you know, person all around that gave back when they could. The last one. Uh, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom means the ability to do what you want when you want in a way that fulfills you, in a way that fulfills who you truly are. And in order to have freedom, you need to understand who you are, which is the most difficult part. Okay. Thank you for being here. So it's been a... It's a Real great meeting you. Okay, yeah. Thank you for being here. So we'll sign up. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our conversation. Don't forget to sign up twice if you need to send or receive money from abroad. Please leave a review and subscribe to the show. See you next time.